This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillahi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. We praise the Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We send blessings and salutations upon all those who were sent from the very beginning all the way to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to remove us from darkness, to show us the light, to show us the path of goodness and the path of contentment and happiness, to save us from the path of destruction. And we ask the Almighty to bless not only the blessed household and all the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, but every one of us, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us every form of goodness and to alleviate the suffering of all those who are struggling across the globe. My brothers, my sisters, how many of you have attended a motivational evening before? Please put up your hand very high, not from among the volunteers, but from among the brothers and sisters. MashaAllah, put your hands down. I ask you, why have you come back? That's a question. Can anyone from the sisters get up and tell us, why have you come back? Someone from this table here, the third table. Tell us, why did you come back? Why are you participating in another motivational evening? Let us know. Few words, one sentence, maybe. You don't have to get up, just say it loudly. Someone else. Okay, I heard one. Another person. Someone from here. Rustam Iman. Someone else. Something for our kids. For our kids. MashaAllah. May Allah bless you. Bless all of us. Okay, so you're quite familiar with what will happen this evening, are you? Are you? MashaAllah. I'm very, very happy to be here. And let me explain quickly. I will deliver a talk, not so short, inshallah. I'll try and keep it interactive, but I notice that you guys are not really so interactive in your nature, perhaps. So maybe I'll have a little bit of mercy on myself and yourselves by not asking you so many questions. But the reality is, after this talk, we will have a meal. Thereafter, inshallah, I will try my best to meet every single person and give you a copy of both of the motivational moments that we have by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, the topic I've chosen to talk about today is closed doors. Closed doors. What do they stand for? When things happen to crumble in front of your eyes, everything is just not happening. How many of us have had doors closed? Put up your hands. Something you wanted didn't happen. A job that perhaps you had, you lost it. Something that you were really searching for and you couldn't find it. How many of us? That's all of us, almost. Put your hands down. If it's all of us, then surely the Almighty who made us has it within the divine plan to close doors. So we learn from the very beginning that Allah is Ghafoor, Rahim, Rahman, Wadud, which means part of the qualities, He is the most forgiving, the most merciful, the most beneficent, the most kind, the most compassionate, the most, you know, oft-forgiving and so on. 
So why would he close our doors? Do you know when you are young and you want to do something and your mom or your dad knows that this is not good for you, you're too close to the swimming pool, what happens? Hey, come back. And you really like, no. If you're so small, you start crying when you're eating those sweets and chocolates, enjoying them, and they know that there is a limit beyond which it will affect your health, your throat. Perhaps it might, you know, do something to you that's negative. So they take away the sweets. Sweets are lovely, right? Chocolates are even more beautiful, right? Everyone likes these things, but it's unhealthy for you. So what does your mom do? Out of love, she takes it away. But you start crying and you cry so much. It's such a big tantrum like the world came to an end. Haven't you seen little kids, some of us who do have kids, if you've witnessed kids, you will notice they start yelling at the top of their voices when you are doing something for them that is very, very beneficial for them. For example, if a child is playing with a knife, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to take the knife away. And what does the child do? Have you heard that? The child starts crying, thinking that, you know what? What are you do? Why did you take this knife away? I was enjoying myself. But if you didn't do that, whether the child cried or not was actually irrelevant. If you didn't do that, the child would have been affected negatively and possibly very great damage would have happened. Agree? So when you take away things from your child out of love that that child really, really loves and really wants, is it because of your mercy or because you don't like the child? Can you tell me? Please answer. Come on guys, I'm not going to eat anyone. Huh? It's the mercy. Absolutely the mercy of Allah. Sorry, the mercy of the individual we're talking about. So therefore, in my life, when Allah, I believe firmly that He is the most compassionate. Trust me, when He blocks something and stops it, it is even more merciful than the mercy of a mother who has taken a knife away from the child and as a result, the child cries. When we're adults and we have faith in the Almighty, we will not cry when things have not happened the way we want because we know they have happened squarely the way the Almighty wanted. You follow? That's faith. That's why the Almighty closes doors. I give you another example. You desperately want a job. And you are trying, you applied for one, two, three. They called you for an interview, they said no. They called you for an interview, they said no. Third time interview, they said no. What do you say? Usually, people will start saying, I think someone's blocked my path. I need to go to a sheikh. Or I need to go to someone to do ruqya because I think my doors of sustenance are actually closed. And the Almighty says, don't you dare lose faith. I did it as a mercy for you. Subhanallah. Because I know the 10th job that you're going to apply for will be better than all the 9 that you are blocked from. But we're too young. We don't know the future. When your mom took away the knife, subhanallah, she didn't know the future, but she knew what was happening there and then, right? But when Allah takes away something or blocks something, He absolutely knows the future. i give you one example. And this is a very common example. We desperately want to get married to someone. And guess what? The door doesn't open. Just doesn't. Something stops it. And you know what? It's a heartache. And we suffered. And we struggled. I promise you, if you've tried your best and you've had faith in the Almighty, 
believe firmly that that wasn't for you. I've been in the same boat. Wallahi, I've been in the same boat and I'm not, you know, going to deny that. We've wanted things we didn't get. At hindsight, you start acknowledging, perhaps definitely, indeed, the Almighty knows something we didn't know, don't know, maybe won't know. But one day when we meet him, we may ask him if we still recall that, you know, you blocked this door, I really wanted it. Tell me, if I had gotten married to this person, show me a video of what my life would have been like. Can he do that for you? Would the Almighty do that for you if you asked him in Jannah? Yes, he would. Yes, he definitely would. If you asked him in Jannah for anything, he would. If you remembered that in Jannah, because the thing is, would we or wouldn't we remember this in Jannah? I don't want to say yes or no, but I doubt it highly. You know, we'll be, we'll be in such... Jannah, by the way, is paradise. So when we get to paradise, we may not remember many things. I've given an example. In this hall, during a motivational evening, and even during other speeches of mine about the womb, you and I know that exactly six months prior to our birth, maybe four months prior to birth, let's say three months prior to birth, we were definitely in the wombs of our mothers. I know that I was. I know that now. But can any one of us remember what we enjoyed in that womb? Not a soul. If you were to communicate with a twin of yours, if you were two in that womb, and you were to say, gosh, we're loving it here, man. Would you ever believe that there was life outside the womb? The answer is no, you wouldn't. You would never believe it. To you, that was your world. Everything happened and you were wondering why the fluid that's coming into you was so tasty. But that was your mom eating perhaps a bar one by mistake. Right? Do you know what I just said? I see you guys don't like bar ones. Make it a Mars bar. Make it a Snickers. Okay, maybe you don't like that, right? Any, make it one of my favorites, a flake. Okay. <laughs> wow, more interesting, right? Yeah, and you didn't know, and for you, wow, I love this. It's so enjoyable. Ooh, it's tasty. Whatever must have happened. But to be honest, as you grew older and bigger in there, you wouldn't have believed that just a membrane away is a whole real world such that when I get into it, I will never ever remember where I am right now. But there was life already. The soul is blown at 120 days, according to the teachings of Islam, right? So when the fetus gets to 120 days, the soul is blown. Life begins in almost its entirety. The only thing left is birth and breeding, right? But prior to 120 days, according to what we're taught as Muslims, the heart is pumping, definitely. But it doesn't depict, depict the life of an individual in the sense of a soul being blown in it. Just like medicine says that this person is brain dead. When they're brain dead, what does that mean? The heart is pumping. They say, but this person's as good as dead. Gone. They'll even take the heart out to transplant it somewhere. Or they'll take something else out to transplant it somewhere. I'm not going to speak about those rulings because that's not our topic. But brain dead, the heart is pumping. The heart of an individual will keep pumping even if you've taken it out of that body and you've given it to someone else and transplanted it into another body. It will pump in that body. Perhaps for another 20 years it was just taken from a person who was brain dead. Did that heart depict the life of the individual from whom it was taken away from? No. 
You see what I mean? So we believe that life has definitely a heartbeat to it. But on top of the heartbeat, there has to be a soul. If the heartbeat is gone, the soul is gone. And if the soul is gone, not necessarily has the heartbeat stopped. Subhanallah. Did you understand what I just said? Just like when a little, you know, at a few weeks, the heart starts pumping. A few, maybe five, six, I don't know, perhaps. We might have a few who are specialized in that here. Five to six weeks. So I'm right, mashallah. The heart starts pumping. By the way, I'm a father of ten kids. Alhamdulillah. I love So, and I delivered my last child. I became an honorary gynecologist. Uh, my brothers and sisters, I tell you something. I just realized what I said. But it's a fact anyway. So my brothers and sisters, to be honest... That heartbeat at 120 days, when the soul was blown, it's complete. You have life. You know what's going on. You you actually start uh, reacting to sounds and to various other factors of your surroundings, right? That's why we say education begins prior to birth. What the mother listens to affects the child. You want to listen to something beautiful, soothing. You know, it will help the child. You want to listen to something or there is yelling and screaming and shouting. You know, I don't want the child to be born and say, first thing, you know. May Allah forgive us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us an understanding. But the point I'm raising is you know that you were in the womb, but you don't remember a thing. And you wouldn't have dreamt, you would not have dreamt that a membrane away is a life that nobody can describe right now. In the same way, when you go into the hereafter, it's just a membrane away. A membrane away. You know, birth takes the labor. The labor, they call it the labor, right? It takes, or it differs from person to person. May Allah make it easy for everyone. Just say, Amin. Sometimes it's a few hours. Sometimes it's more than just a few hours. Sometimes it's a few days. Sometimes it's a few minutes, right? Just like that, there's something known as Sakarat, the pangs of death. When you're leaving, your soul is removed. Sometimes it takes a few days, sometimes a few hours, sometimes a few minutes, and sometimes a split second and you're gone. Subhanallah. Did you hear what I just said? So, and in the same way that you went from one life to another, life in the womb to life in this world, in a way that you can't, you cannot remember anything that happened in this particular, meaning in the womb, in the previous sort of stage, you will only remember certain things in the next stage. Whatever the Almighty wants you to remember, you will remember. Otherwise, a lot of it, it's going to become so irrelevant. Because Allah says, you know, when you get to the hereafter, it's actually something amazing. It's, you cannot describe it to the human brain that exists on earth right now, except by way of example from a distance. So the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, says, فِيهَا مَا لَا عَيْنٌ رَأَتْ وَلَا أُذُنٌ سَمِعَتْ وَلَا خَطَرَ عَلَى قَلْبِ بَشَرٌ You go to paradise. In it, there will be that which no eye has ever seen, that which no ears have ever heard, that which has never crossed the mind of a person. You know, in the Arabic they say, وَلَا خَطَرَ عَلَى قَلْبِ بَشَرٌ It didn't even cross the heart of a person. What was in your heart? So, I'm waiting to get there, subhanAllah. But when I get there, I can ask the Almighty, you know what? If I remember at that stage for my cat, I could. But you're not going to remember your cat. 
So don't fight with me right now. Let's get there and see. Subhanallah. And I won't be able to tell you, you see, I told you you're not going to remember your cats because that itself is remembering the cats. Okay? You follow what I'm saying? It's going to be amazing. If I tell you, what did you like in the womb of your mother? You're going to say, yuck. Some might. Some might say, I don't remember. Nobody's going to say, yummy. I remember. You know? May Allah grant us an understanding. My brothers, my sisters, the Almighty is full of love. Sometimes things happen in a way that we don't realize. According to us, what's right now, as human beings, what's the worst thing that could happen? Can someone say it? Take a look at what's happening across the globe to not only the Muslims, but a lot of Muslims, right? They're dying. There is violence, there is killing, there is bombing. We're not happy. There is torture, there is oppression. We're not happy. We're praying day and night that this stops. We would love to be vehicles of promoting peace. And we'd like to see people get along with their diversity, with their differences of opinion. We'd like to see them care for each other with their differences in faith, in inclination, with their differences in belief. We'd love to see them get along. As educated as we're becoming, we're becoming less tolerant of one another, which is part of the problem. We want to impose our own understanding of culture and whatever idea of living we have on another, whether it is from the west to the east or the east to the west, and that is part of the problem. So the west is not innocent, nor is the east. It's mankind who's guilty of wanting to impose his own understanding upon the rest of the globe, and that's causing the issue. We're not living or letting live. Subhanallah. May Allah grant us an understanding. What I've said just now is very strong. Very strong. My brothers and sisters, if I were to tell you what's the worst thing that could happen to your mom or your dad or your child, you are going to tell me if they die, it's the worst thing that could happen. But I want to tell you something. I want to tell you something. Yes, from a human perspective, we are meant to save lives. We love those who are obviously saving lives. And we should be contributing towards saving lives and not just saving lives, but improving the quality of the lives of others. That's part of our job. But my brothers, my sisters, I can tell you that if you want paradise, and just by show of hands, who wants paradise ultimately? Please put your hands up. May Allah grant us all paradise. May we be united, inshallah, in paradise, all of us. And not just us, but everyone. Paradise is so broad. It doesn't just fit 200 people. It will fit billions and trillions and quadrillions, pentillions and septillions and nonillions and decillions. You might be wondering how I know all these figures. Because I'm a Zimbabwean. You know, our currency actually went so far to decillions. We learned what a decillion is. How many zeros does a decillion have? Who knows? You don't, right? Well, that's the Zimbabwean money that we used to have. Okay? And your homework is to find out. But I can tell you, you can cheat. You don't have to do the homework because it's irrelevant. Okay? My brothers and sisters, I tell you what. You want to go to paradise and so do I. To get there, something you don't like needs to happen. What is it? You need to die. And no one wants to die. But we all want to go to paradise. Where is paradise? On this side or the other side? Where is it? 
Please, where is it? Some of you are just so quiet, like as if I can't wait for the saffron munch because that's going to be terrible. You know? Don't worry, I'll, I'll, I'll I won't speak so long, it's fine. But it's on the other side. The paradise I want is right on the other side. So I promise you, I promise you, my brothers, my sisters, something we look at as negative, the Almighty says, I won't allow you to have a say in when it's going to be and how it's going to be. Because I know on the other side, I'm going to give you something way beyond your liking. And I have to give it to you when I know it's right for you. And therefore, I'm going to do certain things in your life that you may not understand. If you have faith and conviction, when you come on the other side, you're going to see what exactly is in store for you. Hence, guess what happens? You die suddenly, but in prostration. Was that a good death or a bad death? It was a very good, someone said very good death. Right? You die, for example, while doing a good deed. You just finished your Umrah, and just before you cut your hair, collapse, heart attack. Was that a good death or a bad death? Amazing, someone says. Wow, I see. But if I were to tell you, let's go for that Umrah trip, you would say, hey, I'm not going, right? Well, some people say I'll go, but when you get to the end, it's like saying jump off the cliff, and you're looking down, and you say, gosh, you know? May Allah grant us ease. By the way, I did do the jump, right? You know which jump I'm talking about, right? Do you know? The Panti jump. Okay. Yeah, it's not so easy because I remember the guy says, Okay, four, three, two, one. And I was standing with my arms, you know, and I just looked at him. He says, I told you to go. It's okay, let's try again. I said, okay. So it did happen to me. Yeah, I didn't just jump first time because I started thinking of my kids and my family and everyone. I said, gosh. You know, then the second time I started thinking of my problems, then three, two, I was already gone. <laughs> Allah grant us ease. That was way back, okay? But my brothers and sisters, the Almighty might take someone we love so desperately away from us in a way that we don't like sometimes. You know, I saw recently, and I always see, you can actually think of different types of death that people have faced who are loved ones. One of my good friends was murdered not too long ago for nothing. He was shot dead in South Africa. May Allah give him Jannah, make it easy for his widow and his orphans, and make it easy for his family, and not just him, but all those who have passed away. May Allah make it easy for their families and grant them paradise. My brothers and sisters, people wonder, why did he go away in this way here? Why did he leave in this way? Is the Almighty not merciful enough? Trust me, it was the mercy of Allah that allowed that to happen. I've seen children pass away in war zones and people start saying if the Almighty was merciful, he would have saved them. Guess what? He may have just saved them as much as it's our duty to save the life within this world. The Almighty did not want them to go beyond a certain point of suffering. And that's why death is looked at by Muslims as a mercy because the Almighty says, I love you so much, I will not allow you to taste pain beyond a certain threshold. If it gets to that threshold, I'll just take you away. Did you hear what I just said? If someone starts hurting you, and really, if someone chokes you, right? They can only block your breath for a very short time beyond which you die. Why did you die? Because the Almighty loves you more than the pain that you were about to endure. They weren't allowed 
to inflict pain upon you beyond a certain point. Almighty says, I'm going to take you away. That's why as Muslims, when someone dies, we say, they've gone into the mercy of the Almighty. Have you heard that? Right? So my brothers and sisters, it is our duty, don't get me wrong, to save lives. But when something has happened beyond your control, you need to realize that there is a purpose for it. There is a reason for it. I may not know. I really don't know. When the Almighty closed your door, when, the, when you lost that job, when you were sick and the doctors did not know what was wrong, one after the other, a third, you need to do whatever is in your capacity to help yourself. And at the same time, rely on the Almighty. If you've done those two, you've developed your relationship with the Almighty and done whatever was within your capacity to actually try to benefit the situation or come out of a negative situation, you've done your duty. The rest, the Almighty will take care of. I was saying we've seen little children die. Can I tell you what? Allah didn't want them to taste greater pain than what they did. And at the same time, Allah wanted to have mercy on their parents. Perhaps by saying, you know what? If you bear patience because this was my decree, and I know perhaps it's going to be difficult upon you to actually stomach it. But if you stomach it and you understand my divine power and decree, I will actually unite you in paradise forgive your sins and grant you paradise without reckoning simply because you were patient. Allah says in the Quran that those who bear patience, we grant them a reward without limits. No limit to it. It's a beautiful, powerful, great reward. Why? You were patient. Patience is something that is very, very difficult to understand based on the difficulty that you have faced. People may never know what you're going through. If you've lost a loved one, you've lost a son, a child, you've lost a spouse, nobody can explain. Nobody can explain to you what you're feeling. You're the only one who knows what you're feeling. No matter what you say, they won't understand. No matter what they say, you know that they don't know what you're going through. Because it needs someone to have gone through it. Yesterday, I spoke to a brother. This morning, I spoke to a brother, a relative of mine, telling me that, you know, my wife miscarried after five months. Perhaps it might have been five to six months. And he says, you know what? I was involved in the burial of this child and so on. We named the child and I continued. And now when I speak about it, I actually speak from an enlightened position. Thank you. You're now enlightened. How many of you has, have lost loved ones? Put up your hands. See, most of us. From amongst you, how many have lost children, their own children? Put up your hands. You are the VIPs here tonight. I tell you that. Nobody will ever be able to describe the pain that not only you went through, but you are going through and you will go through. But the Almighty knows it and He says, you know what? Just remember that I have in store for you something great. You've been separated for a short period of time beyond which you are definitely, definitely going to be reunited. All I need from you to bear patience and develop a good relationship with your own maker. Whoever made you in the first place, we call him the worshipped one and we worship him alone. That's what we do. Subhanallah. 
to go to paradise. My brothers and sisters, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in Surah Al-Kahf about doors that he instructed a person to close for others, by giving that person some knowledge that was not given to another, he teaches us a lot. Who knows which story that is? Say it loud, please. You don't need to raise your hands. Khidr. Guys, we have a mufti in the crowd. <laughs> mashallah, mashallah, well done. That's correct. Al Khidr. At the time of the Prophet Moses, may peace be upon him, there was a man known as Al Khidr. I can tell you the story very briefly. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told Moses that we've given pockets of knowledge more than yours to someone else and he was curious to know who so the almighty gave him a sign that if you do this and you get to a certain point you'll meet him so ultimately they met when he met this man he told him can i join you because you know if i join you i just want to get a taste of a little bit of the knowledge that the almighty has given you he says you cannot join me because you won't be able to bear patience regarding what i would do he says, no, I promise you I won't say a word. I just want to come. I'll join you. And I'll just watch. SubhanAllah. MashaAllah. So he, he said, okay, that condition. And you can join. He joined. When he joined, three things happened. And all three times, the Prophet Moses, may peace be upon him, commented. Naturally. Once they were walking, and suddenly this man kills an, a little boy. And what happened? That is brutal. Right? How could you just do that? He said, I told you, you won't know. So just keep quiet. And then the next time they're going past and they jump into a boat. And you know what? He, he makes a hole in this boat. And he says, why did you make a hole? The wind, they're giving us a lift from point A to point B to cross this water here. And you've just made a hole. He says, I told you, don't ask. I know something you don't know. Oh, curiosity, right? The third time they went... And they, they were passing this little town and they needed to eat. And these people were quite nasty to them, not hospitable at all, nowhere near Saffron Kitchen. And guess what happened? There was a wall about to fall. And this guy decides he wants to take out the time to straighten the wall. And Musa alayhi salam says, why are you straightening their wall for them? If you wanted, you would have gotten some of the food and whatever else we were asking them in lieu of repairing the wall. He says, I told you. No, and now it's the third time so we can separate ways let me explain to you he says to the prophet Moses may peace be upon him what exactly happened as for the child the almighty told me that if this child is given life and he was never going to be given life because the life was taken away that's the moral of it actually if this child was going to be given life didn't I tell you you could have watched your video did I say that listen to this if this child was going to be given life, he would have been one of the worst children for his parents, a means of a burden for them, such a big burden that you know what? They, they would have been in pain because of him and what he would do had he been given life. So as a mercy for him and as a mercy for them and for them to be united in paradise sometime later, for them to have goodness, we took him away so he was no source of harm for anyone. He wasn't the source of any form of negativity. His parents loved him as he left. You know, it happens sometimes when you have boxers and sportsmen, right? When they're at their peak, we always whisper to them, you can quit now. 
Do you know why? Come on, you're the king. You're right at the top. You're holding the world cup, subhanAllah. You're holding the belt. You can quit now. You did it. Let others do it now. Unless you want to hold it for a while because you're not yet past your sell by date, right? Do you know what that is? When do you pass your sell by date? Well, it depends what you're referring to, okay? Depends what it's all about. So, my brothers and sisters, we tell them to quit at the point of their peak so that they don't have to witness a day when they lose. You can say, I, 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 I hit the top, I was the world champion, I quit. Wow. You go down in history as a champion. If you knew that you were going to lose, would you ever want to engage in another match? No matter what it was, no matter what sport it was, the answer is no, you wouldn't. You would walk out graciously to say, no, I'm not going to go. Why? You know you're going to lose. But there's no one who knows the future in this world. The Almighty knows it. So that's why the Almighty said, we took the life of the child away because the child would have been a big, big, big source of negativity, depression, whatever else it might have been for the parents. And the parents would bear patience. And as a result, they would also earn a reward. And they would live a life full of whatever goodness has come in their direction. That's what I mean. You wanted to marry someone and you couldn't. Not because you didn't try. You tried. But the Almighty closed the door and another and a third and a fourth and you just couldn't. And suddenly they married off somewhere else and you were depressed. Don't be depressed. It's the blessing of the Almighty. Maybe through that union you may have had children or grandchildren who may have been the source of something you would never be able to bear. And because the Almighty knew what would have happened two generations later, He said, I'd rather block it from now. And you don't even know. But that was the love of my life. SubhanAllah. It was. It was. I do know. It does pain. We're only human. It hurts. It hurts a lot. Ask me. I tell you. It hurts a lot. But your faith keeps you going. It keeps you smiling. And you know what? When a door is closed, if you are to cry over a closed door, you would miss the many open doors that are all around you. And you don't even know. I know people who lost jobs. Within weeks of losing the job, they made more money than their bosses. I know personally of a guy who told me I lost a job. I was depressed. And within a short space of time, my company was bigger than the company I just left. The Almighty wanted it from me. But the day you left, you cried, depressed, whatever else. No, Allah says, I love you, man. A lot of the people, even from a material perspective, who are at the top of the globe today, the wealthiest, they had closed doors such that they almost thought they were going to be bankrupt. But that was the Almighty opening the door. For you, it looked closed. The Almighty says, hang on. We've just opened a massive door. I've learned this. And I have faith. And I'm inviting you to draw on your own faith and conviction in the Almighty to lead a life of contentment. Have conviction that the Almighty has had mercy on you. They can deport you. They can do something. They can falsely accuse you. Maybe the Almighty wants you to meet someone in the prison. You were innocent, but you spent a few days there, a few months there, whatever else there. It has happened. I saw a story of a guy released 36 years later. Did you see the story recently in the news? And he was innocent of the murder he was accused of. 
But new evidence came about 36 years later that resulted in him being found innocent. 36 years later, surely the Almighty had a massive plan for this guy. He must have been an asset. I wish I had the time to study his life in the prison and see what he did. Transformation. The Almighty never gives up. It's man who gives up. When you gave up, the door closed. But the Almighty's doors were always open. It's you who gave up. Don't give up. Never. We don't give up. Keep going. I love to call it the dodging cars. Have you ever played dodging cars? Do you know what it is? When I was a kid, I used to love it. In fact, to be very honest, I still wouldn't mind jumping in some. Bump. And what happens as soon as you bump? You bump somewhere else. As soon as it touches, it reverses and goes elsewhere. That's what life is all about. You go, a door closes, don't waste time, just move. Then another door, the third door, until you get to the end. Wow, subhanAllah. You get right to the end. Oh, I made it, but I bumped 25 doors. Right, all bump. As soon as you bump, boom, you move. You don't bump and keep on going, keep on going. Some of the guys who don't know the dodge of cars, that's what they do. The kids, dun, 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 dun. And they keep, they don't, and you're trying to tell them, just spin the steering. But they don't know that you just got to spin the steering a little bit. They just move themselves. It's not going to help you. No. The same thing happens in life. You hit a door. Move. You, tr you can try it. Try opening it. If not, in your capacity. Don't drain yourself. Don't. Things happen. You're not the first person whose doors were closed. I, that's why I asked you by show of hands. All of us put up our hands. Something's gone in our lives. Not in the way that we wanted it to. Right? Thank Allah for that. It's beautiful. It's amazing. My brothers and sisters, people who are sick and ill sometimes, they just don't get the right medication. Sometimes they do. And then they suffer another illness a little bit later. And the third one, what does the Almighty have in that? I mean, why doesn't He just give me a beautiful life? Why doesn't, you know why? You're on earth to be tested. I always say that one of the simplest explanations of the of proof of the fact that we're on earth to be tested is that none of us have chosen to be here. I didn't choose to come on earth, to this earth. I didn't choose it. I didn't choose my race, my nationality, my a lot of things, not even my name. My name later on, okay, my folks had a bit of a say. And perhaps if I didn't like it later on, I could have changed it. But I didn't have a say in where I would land, okay? Which hospital I was born in or wherever else we were born. Some people perhaps not in hospitals, at homes or clinics or wherever else. I didn't have a say. That proves you're here on a mission. Someone put you here. You didn't have a say. And so many other things, the color of your eyes, your nose, your ears, your capacity, your brains, whatever else. You know what? Someone gave it to you and told you, right, whatever I've given you, I want you to use it. Two things. You need to actually develop a relationship with your maker. Your maker. That's it. Whoever made you, say, oh, you who made me. You know what? I owe myself to you alone. I'm going to come back to you. And while you're on earth, lead your life in a way that all the capacities and faculties and organs and whatever else you have been bestowed with shall be used to its extent to achieve what we believe is beneficial for us in a permissible way. The Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, says, 
work hard towards achieving what you believe is beneficial for you. I need a job. Work hard towards it. Use the capacity the Almighty has given you to achieve it. You're not well. Go to the doctor. Go and do something about it. You want to get married? Start meeting people. Get up and do something. Talk to this one, that one. Try things. Don't just sit and say, I believe in the Almighty, Allah. You know what? He's predestined everything. If it's meant to be, it will come to me in my lounge. Whoa. In that case, it was not meant to be. Because you were foolish. The Almighty says, we gave you the capacity. We gave you the technology. We gave you the ability. We, we, we facilitated so many things. If only you stepped out and spoke to two or three people, your... I was going to say knight in shining armor, but let's not say that. Your prince would be waiting. Or princess. Subhanallah. Oh, subhanallah. The Almighty has written for us things, but obviously He expects us to play our role. He's given that capacity to us. That's why the Prophet Muhammad says, use your capacity, use your brain, use whatever we gave you, and do your best. Then he says, وَإِنْ أَصَابَكَ شَيْءٍ It's the same hadith. He says, if something happens to you that was negative, not exactly as you wanted, after you tried your best, لَا تَقُلْ لَوْ أَنِّي فَعَلْتُ كَانَ كَذَا وَكَذَا فَإِنَّ لَوْ تَفْتَحُ بَابَ الشَّيْطَانِ He says, don't say that if I did this, perhaps that would have happened. And if I, you already did it, close your eyes and carry on. And now that it stopped, do something else. Don't blame yourself. And don't go backward, go forward. We all make mistakes. We will make mistakes. We are human. We're prone to error. When you make mistakes, learn to apologize. Learn to make amends. And learn to progress. Learn to move forward, not backwards. When you keep on looking back and thinking, Oh, I made a big mistake. I don't know. The Almighty will forgive you, number one. Always. There is no exception to it. Always. You will be forgiven. Some of you might say, what if I have associated partners with the Almighty? I promise you, He will forgive that too, if you seek the forgiveness. The only time He won't forgive, perhaps, if a person dies without seeking forgiveness, it's up to Him. It's His mercy. He can do what He wants, right? But the warnings are connected to after you've died, if you led a life that was filled of negativity, sin, etc. Then the Almighty says, you know what? You have yourself to blame. Obviously, he's most merciful. He has said that if I want, I will forgive you even then. Subhanallah. But I tell you, there is no point in going back and looking at a door that was closed and crying about it. Move. Life is too short. Too short to close yourself. If I had the time to ask each one of you, I would definitely hear some amazing stories, amazing stories of motivation. How a closed door led to a bigger door being opened. But you just need to open your eyes. I've given you the example of a job, the examples of your health, the example of marriage, the example of life and death, losing a loved one, subhanAllah. Sometimes we will struggle. We may have health matters, health problems. Allah knows. Bear patience. Even if ultimately you end up not making it, okay? You know, some people are diagnosed sometimes. Cancer. May Allah grant 
cure to all those who are struggling with any illness whatsoever. Say Amen. People are struggling and I go and I tell them sometimes, look, inshallah you'll be cured. You know, by the way, there is a very, very powerful cannabis treatment. Did you hear what I just said? Medicinal cannabis, when needed, is permissible in Islam, no doubt. But you, you look into it. We're not talking of social cannabis and smoking weed. No, that's all by the way, meaning that's something else. But we're talking of medicinal cannabis. It actually is something serious. It actually does have some powerful effect sometimes. I've seen things happen. And that's why it's my duty to say it. Because a lot of people, the minute you say cannabis, they say astaghfirullah. I mean, you're supposed to say astaghfirullah even without cannabis, right? A hundred times a day. But to be very honest with you, it happens. You hear things and then you start finding things out. It could have helped you. What's the probability? What are the chances? You either make it or you don't make it. Those are the chances, right? So if you make it, Alhamdulillah, Allah granted you cure and you are cured and you're excited. Guess what? Sometimes it might be a bigger Alhamdulillah if you didn't make it because you get quicker to back to the Almighty into a better place. Who knows? So I tell people, as much as we definitely want cure, because that's our duty, don't get me wrong, our duty is to save lives, to try to be cured even ourselves. But if ultimately we succumb to the sickness or the weakness, the, 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 the illness, don't be too depressed. You're going to a better place, man. You're going to a Lord who is merciful, forgiving, kind, loving, the most compassionate. I mean, what do you want? SubhanAllah. I didn't, I didn't really want to go so quick, but Allah took me. I heard a brother say, when I asked a question once, uh, at what age would you guys like to go? So people started saying, you know, 80, 100, 120, 150. And I'm like, there'll come a day when you have to go. So I asked one of the uncles, why did you say 100? He said, I said 100 because I want to see my children marry and then have children and see my grandchildren grow up and get married. I said, trust me, uncle. If you see your grandchildren get married, you'll want to see great-grandchildren. Once you see them, you'll want to see them marry as well. And when you've seen them, you're going to want to be the first guy who can actually easily see your great-great-grandchildren and them getting married. And it doesn't stop. So the Almighty says, we're going to have mercy on you and take you away at 65. Oh, that's very young, right? But that's an age the most beloved went even earlier than that, 63. Muhammad and some of his companions. It's not about when you die. That's in the hands of the Almighty. It's about how you led your life. That's what it is. How did you lead it? Be a content person. Understand there is a greater power. I'm going to do my best. I'm always going to smile. Now I want to end off by telling you, do you know what? Developing a relationship with the Almighty is very, very closely connected to how you treat creatures made by the same Almighty. If I love Allah, I love my Maker. To show that love to my Maker and to prove it, I need to make sure that I've proven that I love everything else about Him and what He's made. You see my point? We're all sitting here. Why do I love you so much? Can I tell you? Because... I'm trying to impress the one who made me and he made you. So what would what he would love is for me to show that I care for everything he made. Do you follow what I'm saying? So no matter who you are and what you look like and where you come from and what's your background and how's your thinking, 
hey, I care for you. Do you know why? Because I'm a creature of the same maker I'm trying to impress. That's my life. And you know what? The dogs and the cats and the pigs are all the creatures of the Almighty. Even though I may not consume a pig. Do you understand? Does it mean I need to be unkind to a pig? No. Do you follow what I'm saying? The hadith says, Every animal and everything living that breathes, right? If you were to take care of it in any way, there is a reward. So much so that there are other narrations that show us that the entire ecosystem that was made by the Almighty is not to be destroyed. No way. You look after everything. We're talking about global warming. We're talking about whatever else they may. You should be concerned. You should be concerned. Do you know why? It's the creation of the Almighty. Don't spoil it. Don't contaminate it. Don't mess it. Don't destroy it unnecessarily. Thank the Almighty for it. Use wherever you need. Yes, within the need. And think about replenishing it. You want to chop a tree because you need something? Plant another ten. Subhanallah. So by the time your children come about, they will have seen, oh, dad used a tree. You know what? He's planted another ten. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us ease. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open our doors. I'm not too sure how long I spoke for. Say it again? Yeah, 45 minutes, because I can feel my toe starting to twitch. I told the brother, when, I'm, when I've crossed 45 minutes, put your hand up. And I'm wondering why you didn't put your hand up. But I guess it must be a thousand talk of mine that's 45 minutes, so I can tell you that 45 minutes are almost up. Usually, I use this same phone in front of me with a timer and I record audio. Of late, I got one of these uh, stands that my daughter got for me from China, I think. And my phone, and I put up my phone and I do it on my own because I don't have a big team of people who can't afford them. But we have a phone. I can afford that, mashallah. So inshallah, for the rest of the people to benefit, because remember something, yes, we're going to be having food, we're going to be meeting each other and so on, but people say, oh, so why the charge? Well, there is a charge because there is a cost, but whatever I've said is free for the whole world to hear. You just have to log on. Please don't tell me to give you Wi-Fi. That's not going to happen. You know, I might be a scholar or I might be a, a person who's connected maybe to a small degree to knowledge perhaps, but it's not my duty to buy your Wi-Fi just because you want to know what I say. The minimum, you're going to have to pay for something. Come on, man. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us ease. Maybe grant us barakah and blessings in everything that we do. Whatever you are going through in your lives, in your lives, right now, may the Almighty be with you, create ease for you, alleviate your suffering, grant you cure, help you in every way, and the same for entire humanity. I don't have enough memory to record you as well, so I'm turning it off.